Hello and uh, welcome everyone to this episode of uh, IoT Buzz. Uh, uh, we are with uh, Shannon Gillard today, uh, founder of uh, Pronto Bottle. Welcome, Shannon. Thank you so much for having me on. No, that's great. Uh, all right, so uh, in a start, it would be great if you can uh, just introduce yourself a bit and tell us more as in uh, how and where you start uh, your journey and, uh, you know, or just tell us a little bit more about your background and everything's on Pronto Bottle. Certainly. <laughs> uh, well, my name is Shannon Gilliland, as you introduced me to be. I'm the CEO of the company For My Baby and the founder of the product called Pronto Bottle. And basically what it is, is the world's first in-baby bottle steriliser. So it actually steriliser the bottle and the water at the same time. Um, this actually came about about five years ago when I first had my daughter and the typical thing that comes with innovation, you experience the problem yourself and you decide to solve it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a cracking concept. So how does it work? Because I, I was fascinated. Really, I've got a three and a five-year-old and I think that would have been a perfect product at the time. <laughs> That's usually the first, the first okay. question I, I hear from people, is, especially if they're parents themselves. And we're actually using something called UVC light. Uh, you might have seen them around, especially now, thanks to COVID, you would have seen, you know, these UVC light emitters that basically you can sterilize surfaces with, and it can actually sterilize the surface of the bottle, um, but it can also sterilize the water, so the contents that's added to it. So the main reason that parents previously have actually been carrying around, let's say, five or six bottles in their nappy bag or pre-washing all that stuff before they actually head out the door is because there was actually no way to sterilize the bottle and the water while you're out. So we've actually basically created an all-in-one solution that now means that parents can literally travel with an empty bottle and sterilize it and the water that's added to it anywhere, including on an aeroplane. Fascinating concept and awesome yeah. solution. <laughs> I remember the bag, the nappy bag used to be the size of a, a big thing lugging around there. And my uh, one shoulder, the nappy bag, other, other shoulder, get the kid in. And uh, yeah, very interesting. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, the thing is, that hasn't changed for like 40 years. No, so, you know, our it? parents were doing it that way and yes. we're still doing no, it that way now. Changed. Yes. Yeah. One bottle will make a big difference. Yes. A brilliant concept, really. Uh, if I had it. A newborn, I would actually buy it straight away. So <laughs> that's my take. <laughs> that's great to hear. Cool. My, my mm. partner and I joke constantly about the fact of we should have another one just to trial it out. Mm. Like, no. no, maybe not. <laughs> you can always borrow a baby. That's okay. You got yeah, that's, family, yeah. nieces, nephews. That always works. <laughs> totally. <laughs> oh, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. So ideas come from our like challenges that we have, and there's been so many people that have had this challenge and maybe seen it, but not many people have actually thought about a concept. How did you sort of come to the position of, did you have any background in this space or was it just you saw a problem, just thought, how do I fix this? Uh, originally, my background sort of prior to being in the entrepreneurship space really was actually in mobile application development, so very different field, but almost a similar way of thinking about product development. So what is the problem? What is the solution I need to develop to actually solve it? But I also went and I studied entrepreneurship and innovation at university. So my background there was actually about problem solution fit 
uh, innovation, blue ocean strategy, just looking at things that currently existed, different markets you can put those into, but also just investigating what the actual problem is. So not just going out, okay, I've got a problem and the initial solution I created for that is very different to what we see today. But I actually went back, used my studies and I interviewed and I surveyed close to you know 100 parents and basically said, just how are you traveling with your baby? And from that, just looked at all the different problems that parents were actually going through, looked at the biggest problems that they were experiencing. Um, and the biggest one was still around the bottle feeding process. So all the time they spent, and as you mentioned, big nappy bags, having to spend all that time, the weight, the space that's taken up by it, and then just working on researching solutions to solve that problem and researching what currently existed on the market, what existed in different spaces. So aerospace, dental, surgery, um, consumer products and also commercial products and then just discovering UVC light and how it was being used to sterilize dental and surgical equipment but also it was being used in consumer products to sterilize drinking water and also in commercial plants so uh, if you look to some councils that are actually using UVC sterilization in the water for drinking water for houses and that kind of thing so yeah Brilliant. yeah um one, one question, Shannon, you know, uh, people have started uh, this type of entrepreneurship journeys from different points based on their background. Um, but, you know, maybe for someone who's uh, going to start this or just started, it, it doesn't that clear that how much stuff they need to go through and how overwhelming sometimes it can be, especially, you know, um, if you are a female entrepreneur, you have some more uh, maybe uh, difficulties as well to go through. Uh, tell us a bit more about uh, uh, the challenges that you had. Mm. Uh, I guess at that stage for me, obviously being a woman, but also the reason I came about the idea was because I'd just become a mother. So there was this juggle, and I hate to say it because I know a lot of parents have been through it, and especially now actually a lot of dads have been through it because we've just been through COVID and two years worth of lockdown. Right. <laughs> so I think everyone's had a little taste of what it's like to try and run a business and be a parent mm -hmm. at the same time. You know, so that it's it's uh, that creates its own challenges. You know, you tend to be the first person on call if anything happens with your child. Our daughter was kinder. Uh, in kinder a fair amount because obviously I needed to try and put work hours into the actual design and its idea. Um, so you t tend to spend a lot of time off you t because you are that first point of call, um, but also standing in a room full of investors when you are pitching an idea, any idea is difficult, but do it when you're a woman pitching an idea for a baby bottle to a room full of male investors <laughs> just aids a whole new layer on top of it, cool. trying to get people to understand it. But if you're a dad, well, well, dad's got the it. They're like, yes. yes. <laughs> they would. Non-dads, males would have a lot of trouble understanding yeah. the problem. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Right. So that's it in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, everyone understands also, I think we're all aware of the, you know, the 3% of investment available to, you know, female founded companies. Um, and also that's worse for uh, different nationalities as well. So, you know, that just adds layer upon layer of complexity when you're trying to develop a product and then add on a hardware startup, you know, and that's just another yeah. level to it. Certainly. Software is one thing, but hardware is a completely different stratosphere. Um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but into I love the way you've you've done it and you've used your education and pro and something people can sort of listen to. Um, 
it's not just having a concept, it's also understanding your customers, what they actually may need, what some of the biggest problems are. And that's how it got you to the point of product development. Um, and using that experience is really important because some people may just wake up one morning and have a product idea and then go about building it without validating, without questioning anybody, without talking to their end customers, consumers. That's the biggest risk that most people take and they just don't realize they're taking that risk. So there's a good... 100%. Good explanation of how you might approach a concept and an idea and look at problems first. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, granted, even though I've gone through and I've done studies, you can do this same approach by reading books that are on the market. So there were three books that I went through. I can't remember them off the top of my head. I might send them to you after so you can add them into mm -hmm. the show notes if you've yep. got them. Um, but one of them was specifically around actually traction testing your idea before you had a product in hand. And that was the biggest, one yeah. of the biggest things for me, because no matter what stage you're at and who you're talking to, just about everyone at some point will ask you for traction, whether that's an investor, whether you're writing for grant applications, whether you're writing for acceleration programs, everyone wants to see a form of traction. That was one of the biggest things for us, other than doing our problem solution fits, actually going through and interviewing customers and finding out what the actual problem was mm -hmm. and having valid data around that. It was then about having traction proof. So will somebody actually buy this? And how are you proving yeah. that, you know, was really important. So. That's certainly, lots of people might think that, you know, the, the product I have, the problem I'm trying to solve can be anyone's problem so I can sell to anyone, but mm. you better know that's not, <laughs> not the right answer. That's true. If any the conversation, no, it won't. So, <laughs> no, <it's>, no. <laughs> so you said about uh, your success uh, with the investors and getting some funding. Um, you know, when you started that process and uh, how you gone through it. Can you tell us? Um, it's bit of a winding path, actually. So the first amount of investment we went through was actually quite typical. So, you know, friends and family around before we even had a product in hand, just it's an idea. They love us enough to give us, you know, a few thousand dollars here and there. Sure. Uh, but the next, <laughs> the next one was we were lucky enough to get accepted into an acceleration program, which was called the MedTech Actuator. Um, and thanks to that program, they actually had a VC backing that program. Um, and because of that, we won it with the first portion of funding with our initial acceptance into the program. But then there was another lot of funding we could go for, but every single time we had to go through it, we had to pitch just as you would with any other investor. You still had to go through the paperwork, the due diligence, um, the investor meetings, et cetera. So then we went through two separate pitches after that for further funding. Um, the first time after that, we were actually rejected for that, that first amount of funding because we'd actually gone through a crowdfunding campaign at the same time as uh, beginning the oh, acceleration yeah. program. Yeah, mm -hmm. so we went through, we did a typical Indiegogo Kickstarter-style campaign, um, which is basically, if, if no one's heard of it before, I'm sure just about everyone it has, it's a portion of funds for basically the product in the end. Mm -hmm. But with our product, what we found was, sounds obvious now, but we didn't think of it at the time, was um, no one's going to wait nine months for a baby bottle because typically when somebody decides to go from breastfeeding to you know, bottle fittings, you need it now, you know, Just not in nine months time once you got production mm -hmm. and everything up and running. Uh, so we failed the campaign and we were pitching for investment through this uh, acceleration program at the same time. And we had to try and explain to investors our target demographic basically looks like they don't want our product. So it was the worst possible thing we could have gone through. Um, but what we did have was valid data to say why that it happened. So we knew then that the 
um, purchase to uh, the thinking to purchase cycle was very short. So, you know, typically the longest you want to leave it is three months. So if you're doing a pre-sale cycle, we knew the longest we could have it in pre-sale was three months from that point. The technology at that stage was very, very early for our customers. No one really had heard of UVC technology prior to COVID. You know, it was very, very new to the Australian market. And branding was so important for parents. Like we we totally underestimated how important it was for a parent to know the brand, to be able to create that sense of trust that this is safe for me to give to my baby. Um, so we had to tell investors that. We said, look, you know, we failed. Customers didn't want it, but these are the reasons why they didn't want it. But again, um, we then had to go back, adjust the product, come back to the investors, pitch again the new product idea, pivot our idea, and then we wound up pivoting back again after we found that there was product existing on the market that was similar um, solving the problem that was coming out of a different country. So we had to then try and re-innovate our product again to then come to something that was still innovative, still solving the problem um, and allowed for us to actually get that funding. So that was a bit of a long-winded answer. Sounds like a long <laughs> process, but good learning about uh, uh, basically yes. around, um, a, a campaign. Also, know you're mm. understanding your customers again. Like, um, And as soon as I yes. read about your product, one of the first things was, does it actually work? Because you're giving it to a baby. So it's a question that parents are going to have um, because they yeah. are feeding it to 100%. this precious little thing that's just arrived into the world. Yeah. Um, maybe oh, started, yeah. Um, yeah. they either breastfed it for a period of time or they couldn't. They went and bottle fed it straight away. Um, and yeah, you want to make sure it's safe. So every time you wash the bottles, you wash them over and over again. <laughs> Some people paranoid, right? so I get the challenges. Yeah. I was going to say, that depends on if it's your first or yeah, your third, third baby. Don't watch any of that. Third one always gets the, the, the rations. Yeah, everything's uh, yeah. too easy oh, by that stage. Yeah, yeah. Forget about it. <laughs> so, in, so in terms of that whole, that sounds like a, a decent campaign to get funding. What are some of the, obviously family and friends are a good place for people to start, right? Um, and many people do. Um, with that sort of funding, what did you do with that particular funding before you went through the accelerator through to the actual investor funding? Were you prototyping products? Were you just ideating? What was the the method method yeah. through there? The the first portion of funding we actually spent on product design and development, so working through product iteration with the design team and in getting through to the fact that we actually had our first non-functional prototype in hand that we actually used for that crowdfunding campaign. So it was multiple prototypes first were all non-functioning, going from something that was simple off the shelf that we could buy that looked like it would actually work and do the thing that we needed it to do, all the way through to the fact it was a fully, um, it looked like it did everything, but it just didn't. But it was highly polished, super expensive, obviously to do. Um, but that's where the first amount of product development went to or product funding went to, sorry. And also uh, that campaign management too, because that pain's like these campaigns are very expensive to run. You spend money on, you know, marketing, um, PR and the actual campaign managers themselves. So it winds up being an expensive raise. Yeah. It's one of the challenges with raising funds. Right. We invest money to raise funds, which is uh, a <laughs> chicken and egg yeah, thing, isn't right. it? Sometimes it's uh, interesting. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. It's pretty mm. much the question you ask mm, all the way is. through uh, doing this type of thing. It's you're constantly mm -hmm. chicken mm -hmm. or egg first, yeah. you know. Sometimes we're just spending yeah. all that time chasing investor yeah. dollars where we could be bringing customers in. So there's a balance that we need to find, definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. It probably leads into an interesting question about, I know, Hamid, you're going to ask about fundraising. Of course. And I think I got asked this question probably about two weeks ago, you know, was there anything I would have changed going through and looking back on this process now? And honestly, considering how much time and effort and funds we used on fundraising, if I had my time again, I'd almost think of using that instead on product development. And I would have fundraised far later. I would have focused purely on getting that stage to now, it would have been beta prototype and almost production ready. But having said that, there's the caveat, right? Chicken and egg first. And it's if I hadn't done that, I now wouldn't be at the stage where because of the crowdfunding campaigns we did, because we actually ran two in the end, the second was successful. Uh, we wouldn't have had the PR out about us in Australia, but also internationally. So that actually got picked up by one of our competitors in the UK. And they actually approached us at the beginning of this year to discuss our product and a possible licensing deal. So um, chicken or egg, if I had the time Mm -hmm. again, if it was anyone else, depending on where you want to go, whether you want to think about commercializing the product yourself or actually having somebody else commercialize it for you, I would honestly say the biggest thing was I would have refocused those funds on Mm. product development, like purely focused on that, not worried about spending money on marketing or branding or any of that, purely Mm -hmm. proving your product works, getting it as far down the line as possible, because that's what investors want to see. That's what your competitors want to see. That's what retailers want to see. And these are all things, if you're a physical product, will get you further down the track, you know? It's it's a tough one, isn't it? Um, Because you sort of, I think a lot of entrepreneurs... Yeah, obviously we need we need funding, we need resource to be able to do things right, and there's a, there's that balancing act, and it's never perfect, and I don't think anyone goes through a perfect funding to commercialization route, um, but um, everyone that sort of I've had this conversation with always says put more time in product because uh, it's you do waste a lot of money, but mm-hmm. there there's a opinion of wasting a lot of money until you find the right as well um, money resource whoever comes into the business. So it's a tough one. Um, there's no right or wrong answer here though. That's the that's the reality. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. That's yeah. it. And I think especially you know like your product in hardware, it's it's even more difficult because you need to plan it well and of course consider that you know things might go wrong. And we all have a limited resources in terms of money and, you know, the, the rest of the, the resources that we are working with. And, uh, you know, uh, it's it's tough uh, in terms of the whole journey uh, to get to the point that actually, you know, you are and uh, yeah, getting to the market. Uh, <laughs> Not kidding. One of, one of the things that excites me about you is you have a, um, a, a sort of software mobile design background you would understand the world of software yeah. what's been the difference from software to hardware i'm a tv context i'm a software guy in the background as well um so we were collecting from ed on a few it projects but from us we're software guys we can we can patch something pretty quickly and change things very easily um the world of hardware is not yes. that so what's been the learning and the difference for you going through that process I think I think you probably just answered. It's just so much faster to develop software. Um, it's so much quicker. Your resources can be uh, far leaner at times as well. Uh, product iteration is faster. Testing is faster. Proof of traction is faster because you can do things virtually. Um, it's just so much easier to get your product to market as far as I'm concerned. And I've done this for, you know, small mobile application development in an indie game studio all the way through to working for one of the global companies, EA Electronic Arts, you know, so it's the same for either of those. But hardware is just a whole different ball game. You know, you've got so many different moving parts, literally, 
and you know uh, virtually as well uh, it's quite difficult i don't know if i'd do it again to be honest <laughs> like, i think i was crazy what was i thinking well, that's naivety sometimes <laughs> a positive thing sometimes <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally but believe me shannon you, you've done a great work so i follow you uh, with all the activities and uh, yeah, comparing to lots of other companies and products i see i uh, know um, yeah you, you've done a pretty amazing job so uh, what, what's your uh, plan going forward? So what's happening yeah. with Pronto Battle? Uh, the plan going forward is currently, like I said, we've in discussions with one of our global competitors now. So we've discussing whether or not we move forward on beta prototype, working with them on this beta prototype. Uh, if they're happy with it at the end of that, we possibly have a global licensing deal on our hands, you know, which is fantastic for us. Um, and then it means that we move on to future product development. So future product iterations for Pronto, what's the next version two, three, and also then what's the next product in the range for us. Um, but that's the next six months to a year for us. So that's what mm -hmm. we're working mm -hmm. on at this stage. Yeah. Which right. is exciting, Excellent. you know, but yeah. first Christmas yeah. and holidays. Get a break. I don't know about anybody else. I think I'm looking to support just some time are. off. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's an exciting place you're in. How, look, how long has this journey taken you to get to where you are today? What does the market look like um, from your perspective, just in, just in Oz, for example? What does it look like for you right now? Well, it, the journey for us with Pronto itself has been, you know, five years and that's, it may not have been everyone's journey, but remember to start off with, I had a, you know, a baby in hand. So it's been casual, part-time and then full-time on product development. Um, as to where the market's going for, specifically for my market, so if we're talking parenting products, it's, there's a massive market now for innovation. Parents are looking at how can we lessen the time expenditure on us? How can we make our lives easier? As we found, we're doing so much these days as individuals, as working people, and then as parents on top of it. So anything that removes the mundanity out of our lives, the things that, like, why do I have to be standing at a sink washing bottles at two o'clock yeah. in the morning or seven o'clock <laughs> in the morning? Anything that does that now and creates ease, um, and connectivity, so connectivity to the fun things in life, so connectivity to the joy moments, you know, um, sharing those moments with parents and grandparents and family, bringing people together. I think probably COVID taught us that as well. So being able to have those connected moments virtually was still so important to us feeling like we we're a part of a community. And especially as parents, we realise now that grandparents want to be involved more in our lives, you know, because we've got a little one because they get to have that joy again. Um, so definitely, yeah, in those spaces, I think we'll see um, big moves. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, insight there. Um, it's an area of yeah. being a parent, you understand it, and it is, especially first time parents, it's very, it's daunting <laughs> going to something unknown, completely unknown world. It is, absolutely. Uh, when you have the second one, it gets a lot easier. First one, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a very different world and space. So there's a lot yeah. of opportunity, I think, if you, um, I commend you for coming up with concepts without with a lack of sleep and uh, bringing up a baby. <laughs> Not that easy sometimes. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> You're not kidding. Easy. Or maybe it was just preparation work for maybe. being an entrepreneur and working in your own company, lack of sleep, you know. Yes. <laughs> so in terms, yeah. in terms of the size and scale of the market, how big do you think this thing could be? Because it obviously could be astronomical in terms of size of market. Um, 
where do you think you want yeah. to get to? What Huge. gets you up in the morning that keep driving this thing? Five years is not a long time in yeah. business, by the way. I think a lot of people just think that they have an overnight success yeah. or most people think people do, but generally it takes time. Uh, but yeah, where do you think it might get to? What's, what's the vision? The, well, mm. obviously the vision for us always from the very beginning for me has never just been about an Australian market. It's always been about mm -hmm. global because every single parent experiences this problem. You know, every single parent, like you said, goes through that uh, new journey, new experience, having to feed, having to possibly bottle feed if things don't work out, which is, you know, probably in Australia, it's 85% of parents go through that process of having to bottle feed. So it's a massive market, you know, it's different in different countries for that. Um, but definitely global, you know, and then the next thing for us is, again, solving, solving that fear, solving the unknown, going from being just a single parent or single couple, so two people together without a child, to then becoming parents. Like you mentioned, there's a lot of fear surrounding that because everyone says to you, oh, you're just meant to know what you're going to do as a parent. And that's not the truth, you know, so how can we bring in community? How can we bring in connectedness? How can we support parents? in those first scary moments of having a baby in your arms at two o'clock in the morning and something's gone wrong or they're just crying and you can't settle them. How do we create support and love and nurturing for a parent just as much as we can for the baby? Because if the parents are nurtured and loved and supported, they can provide that then for their baby in a much better way. You know, um, that will be, I won't say too much because it we're sounds exciting what you're that, thinking. So that'll is, be the yes. next no, I'm starting to get a good picture <laughs> of where you're going. Yeah. It's all about the parent too, not the baby. Yeah, get that. And there's some pretty exciting opportunities yeah. in this yes. space, one would imagine, because yeah. um, one area that people spend a lot of money yeah. in is babies and weddings, is the other. But yeah, babies is huge. So yes. Uh, yes. And, <laughs> and yeah, totally. And yeah. us, right? I think everyone forgets about mm -hmm. the, the person behind it. And we mm -hmm. were. Course, very much yes. for myself i remember the individual you know there's there's mm -hmm. still the the you me behind being yeah, that sometimes parent parents child. put themselves behind yeah. the parent yeah. the babies almost of the time anyway <laughs> so yeah you have to if there's one thing you'd learn from this whole situation coming from a software background developing a hardware product what's one of the takeaways that you would remember in the hardware space that you would offer to people that are listening just to think about when they're going into the world of hardware? I probably again was just about uh, proving traction and data points, right? So all the way through from the very beginning, the thing that has always put me in good stead with all the challenges has always been about having data in hand. So whether that was data about, hey, I've interviewed customers, how many did I interview, what was the result? Hey, I've done a fake sales cycle with my customers. How did I do that? How many customers did I get through? How many sales did I get? What was the lead to sales conversion? What was my cost per action? All of these things helped me when I was in conversations with investors to just be able to prove that I had something that was of value, that I knew that my customers wanted it, that I knew how much it would cost me to actually get them to then be able to create financial forecasts. But also just for yourself to know that you're not lying to yourself because it's so easy that you become passionate and you get these rose-coloured glasses on and you think everyone's going to want it. But if I thought that, I would have a single-use baby bottle that you could pick up from a service station, not a self-sterilizing bottle that every single parent would possibly want, you know? Um, so, yeah, data points. As much as you can, proof, 
traction data points. I know everyone's going to get sick of hearing traction. I, I get sick of hearing traction, but I can't say it often enough. As much as you can, even without a product in hand, there's ways oh, that you can do it. You know. That's great. A great advice. Yes, mm. certainly. It's very. If great. you can share those three books, I think the um, the audience would love to listen and have a read of those. Yes. Um, but traction, yeah, it does come up, especially from investors' perspective. They want to know that there's going to be there's someone that's interested yeah. in this thing even before we have it, and how do you prove it? So yeah, there are some strategies behind that too. Yeah. 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 I think certainly that the the lean. Uh, you know, startup methodology is one of the uh, very, very important things that you need to consider, especially in hardware, uh, you know, developments, because, yeah, that's where everything is very critical yeah. and important. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, great. Mm. Shannon, uh, thank you for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. If anyone wants to learn about Pronto Bottle, where can they find it? Is it a, currently where, where can I buy this if I wanted to? <laughs> Are we available? <laughs> Um, <laughs> I wish yes. I wish it, I wish it was there. now. Right. So, like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but if they want to find us on the website, it's just Pronto Bottle. But on our social media, it's Pronto Baby Bottle. Mm -hmm. And if you're thinking for our company, you'll find us on LinkedIn under Form I Baby. So mm -hmm. like form like formula dash. I'll share that out in the show notes. Baby. Thank you. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your journey yeah, thus far. And sure. good luck. It's an exciting so one, definitely. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for chatting to me, Andrew Excellent. and Hamed. I've enjoyed no it. No worries. You. That was great talking to you, Shannon. Thank you so much. Thank you.